In a very real way, I am not a mother. A child has never left in my womb. I have never felt that particular kind of expected preparation that we see in this gospel story as Elizabeth and Mary look toward the coming births of their sons. But tonight, in this week nestled between the last Sunday of Easter and, and Pentecost Sunday, inspired by the lectionary reading from Luke's Gospel for the Feast of the Visitation, I want to explore the idea of motherhood. I do so with a huge dose of humility to the mothers in our midst, particularly our two new mothers here in Richmond Hill, which is a really wonderful thing for us all. In my close group of women friends, motherhood is often a topic of conversation. As we head into our late 30s, we are at an age where it is an inescapable and never uncomplicated topic. Among the seven of us, there is not one person with a simple relationship to motherhood. And so our conversations dance with love through the sometimes painful awkwardness of our different circumstances. Together, we hold the heartbreak of multiple miscarriages alongside the trials of parenting through two and a half years of pandemic and a painful third trimester of pregnancy. We hold the choice to remain child-free along the choice for a third baby, along the surprise of sudden step-parenthood of a teenager. I hold all of their choices along my own decade-long conversation with my partner about whether biological or foster or any kind of parenthood is the right choice for us. We do this all in the context of a society that seems to harshly judge all choices that women might make. A society that also feels woefully ill-equipped to economically support the choice to tend to another life. A society on the brink of tearing away our ability to make our own reproductive choices as a reproductive choices at all. A society locked in the grip of violence that makes any choice to tend to or care for another life totally daunting. Motherhood is complicated. I wonder if Elizabeth and Mary had any idea of what they were getting into. My friends and I are also at an age where some of us have begun the process of caring for our own mothers. One very dear friend just lost her mother six months after the birth of her first child. Another navigates the trials of 24-hour care for a for mother debilitated by injury, just as she begins to plan how best to create and support a child with her life. A recent conversation among the seven of us circled around the commonalities between caring for the aging and caring for the recently born. The physical tending, the clothing, the washing, the nurturing, my friend, who just lost her mom, described those last days with her, of tenderly reading a favorite childhood book, both to her dying mother and to her infant son. This small act of love, a bomb to all three of them. She described the complex emotions of seeing her dying mother and her infant child side by side, in many ways so similar, both needing love and care. It is this parallel, the parallel between tending those who are dying and aging and 
attending those who are growing and just born that inspired my choice of readings tonight. The lectionary calls us to celebrate the Feast of the Visitation, this holy meeting between two expectant mothers with a reading of Luke's Gospel. The passage from Acts that Kelsey read a few minutes ago tells a different story, a story of women tending their dying friend before she is raised up from the dead. I've been thinking a lot recently about an idea of motherhood as a verb, to mother. A verb not solely restricted to one biological relationship, but an expansive idea of tending to the life of another, of nurturing and caring for its growth, of loving hard enough to let go when the time is right. And these two readings side by side, I think, have something to say about mothering. So as we hold this scene of Elizabeth and Mary preparing to be mothers in one hand, let us go for a moment to Joppa, where we find a different group of women grieving the death of their beloved disciple, Tabitha. They tend to her body, carefully washing it, lovingly laying her down, they have done the work of collecting cloth that she made, material fragments of her life and her love. It is an intimate room, an ordinary room, of love, of grief, of tending, of care. Now, they weep. As Peter arrives at this scene of women, I imagine him perhaps intimidated, perhaps still wrapped with insecurity and doubt in his ability to follow Jesus. As our friend, Reverend Janet Legros reminded us in a beautiful sermon a few weeks ago that really opened up Peter's humanity for me in a new way. Peter was called the rock, and Jesus would place his whole community upon him, and he had failed. Three times he had failed. So now I imagine Peter also still grieving the departure of his teacher, still, still reeling from his failures still desperate to prove that he can too follow, that he can be the rock that his people need him to be. And I imagine him stepping into this room of love, of tender care, desperately seeking evidence that Jesus is still with him. And it is here, in this room of grieving women, amidst the tending, the care, it is here that he finds Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. Peter also musters up his courage. He prays. And Tabitha gets up. While this story is designed to show Peter following the path of Jesus, confident in healing the sick and raising the dead, what I see in this passage is a community of grieving, broken people, Peter included, tending one another, caring one another, loving one another, mothering one another, and finding Jesus in all of it. We do not know if any of those saints in that upper room of biological mothers, but mothering the verb, the tending, the nurturing, the caring for one another, that was palpable. And so on this feast of visitation, as we prepare alongside Elizabeth and Mary for the coming of sons. It is this mothering energy, this expansive, 
life-giving mothers that our world so desperately needs. It has now been one week since 21 people, 19 of them children, were brutally killed with an AR-15 rifle in an elementary school classroom in Texas. It has been a little over two weeks since a shooter infected with the toxic ideology of white supremacy killed 10 black people, six of them elderly, in Buffalo, New York, and here in Richmond. 27 people have been murdered since this year began. Almost every single one of them, a young black man killed by a gunshot wound, many of them under the age of 30. We cannot raise up these beautiful, beloved children of God from the dead. And so we weep and we grieve. And like those women in the upper room in Jaffa, we're called to tend one another, to care for one another, to mother one another. We weave together the stories of those dead like the pieces of Tabitha's clothing, trying to fold them in memory, trying to create a world that is better than the one we have, trying to create a world where people are not shot by guns every day. And it is here, in our grief, in our tender care for one another, in our mothering of one another, that Jesus meets us. I am not a mother, but I believe that we are called to see all of those beloved killed by gun violence as our children. I believe that we are called to see all of the kids of Richmond, Virginia as our kids. I believe that here at Richmond Hill, we are called to see one another, including all the beautiful children we have in our midst, as people to tend, to care, to nurture, to love. And I believe that it is here, as we mother one another, Jesus meets us and finds us and gives us life and raises us up from the dead because we need it. We need Jesus. Thanks be to God.